Hello, everybody. Welcome to Transformation's podcast. And I just hope everyone's having a great day today. So I am going to、um, start with this book of Second Samuel. So here it goes. Ladies and gents, I am so excited to start the Second Samuel summarization with you all. Before listening to this, please listen to the First Samuel summary first. I absolutely love David's response when he found out that Saul was killed. David and all the men mourned and fasted. Verses 11 and 12 of chapter 1. And the Amorite who claimed to kill Saul, which was a lie, verses 3 to 10, was killed with David's command, verses 13 to 16. David had the following response David asked him, Why weren't you afraid to lift up your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of his men and said, Go, strike him down. So he struck him down and he died. For David has said to him, Your blood be on your own head. Your own mouth testify you when you said, I killed the Lord's anointed. Verses 14 16. Most likely, that Amorite probably lied so he could win David's favor since the man thought that Saul was David's enemy. Fortunately, David wasn't really that happy that Saul was dead. He did not rejoice in God more because of his suffering from fleeing from Saul is over. David was generally sad. I need to adapt this same heart whenever people hurt me. I need to mourn when they mourn and love them completely and wish the very best for them. David respected Saul because God anointed him. I do not believe it was only because Saul was Saul, but because God anointed Saul as king. David respected God's leader, and I believe that David respected God as king. Really convicted and humbling. David over agrees over John. Jonathan, as well, verses 17 to 27. I love when David said this about Jonathan. Verse 26. I agree for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful of that of woman. End quote. David had love for Jonathan and loyalty to Israel regarding Saul and his leadership. David's eyes wasn't on the relief that his sufferings may be over regarding Saul, but so focused on God's anointing and his will for his life and for the Israelites, also God's people. That is the heart that I want to have. Extremely convicting and enriching. In chapter 2, David inquires the Lord and God answers him. Verse 1. I love that the messengers told David the following. He sent the messengers to him and said to him, The Lord bless you for showing this kindness to Saul, your master, by burying him. May the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness, and I too will show you the same favor because you have done this. Now then, be strong and brave, for Saul, your master, is dead, and all the, pe- all the people of Judah had anointed me king over them. End quote.、Uh, verses 5 through 7. So basically, David told the messengers that. It's really convicting at times that David does not move on his own, but acquires from the Lord. David was humble, and God was with him. Abner was the commander of Saul's army, and he took Ish, boy's, be- boy's heft, son of Saul. Ish, boy's heft, was. Made Cain of Israel at the age of 40 and reigned for two years. The tribe of Judah was loyal to David. David was the king of Hebron over Judah for seven years and six months. There was a battle, and the Abner and the Israelites were defeated by David's men in verse 17. David's men killed 360 Benjamites that were with Abner, verse 31. There were three sons of Zariah, and they are the following Job, Ashai, and Ashiel. Ashil kept chasing Abner and kept pursuit even after Abner's warning. So Abner kills Ashil, verses 22 24. to Job and Ashi pursued Abner, verse 24, but stopped in verse 30. Besides Ashil, 19 of David's men were missing, verse 30. And like I said before, David's men killed 360 people in verse 31. Ashil was buried in verse 32. In chapter 3, the following happened in, one ver- in verse 1. 
The war between the house of Saul and the house of David lasted a long time. David grew stronger and stronger while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. End quote. Abner goes to David and asks to assemble all the Israel so that they can make a covenant with David and that he can rule. David sent Abner away in verses 21 and 22. Joab found out that Abner was sent away and was surprised that David let Abner go and claimed he had deceived David in verses 22 to 24. Abner was murdered by Je- um, Jericho. Um, J- Verse 27, David's response to Abner by claiming his innocence and was saying the following. Later, the, when, later when David heard about this, he said, I and my kingdom are forever innocent before the Lord concerning the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. May, the, may his blood fall on the head of Job and his whole family. May Job's family never be this... Never be with someone who has a running sore or leprosy. The huber for leprosy was used for various diseases affecting the skin or leans on the crutch or falls by the sword or lacks food. Joab and his brother Ashiel murdered Abner because he killed their brother Ashiel in the battle of Gibeon. At Gibeon. David then said, then David said to Joab and all the men with him, tear your clothes and put on sackcloth and walk in mourning for the Abner. That was in verses 28 to 31. David himself walked behind the beer. B-E- B-I-E-R. David did not eat and said the following. Then they all came and urged David to eat something while it was still day. But David took an oath saying, May God do me ever be so severely if I taste bread or anything else before the sun sets. Let me drink my water. The people's response was the following as well. All the people took note and were pleased. Indeed, everything the kid did pleased him. So on that day, all the people were there and all Israel knew that the king had no part in the murder of Abner's son of Ner. So that was verses 35, 36, and 37. In chapter 4, Isabroth had the following response. When Isabroth, the son of Saul, heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost all courage and all Israel became alarmed. Saul's two men... Saul's son had two men who were leaders of the reigning bands, and their names were the following. B-A-A-N-A-H and R-E-K-A-B. Verse 2. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a disabled son named... Um, it starts with an M. You could read that in verse 12. But basically, he was... Um, the two sons with the B and the R killed him in verse 6. As a result, they were killed along with Isabeth in verse 12. It seemed like the family of Saul did horrible things and died. It seems like Saul's family line was going down and David was rising to power and authority. This is why I need to be really careful because my sins and actions could negatively affect my family, friends, and myself and others around me. I believe that it was the people's mistakes, but also it was because they were either the family of Saul or working with Saul that brought to their minds as well. In chapter 5, David became a, became king at 30 years old and reigned for 40 years in verse 4. It was great that this happened in Hebron because that is where God told him to go previously. Obedience does bring trials at times, but it also brings amazing blessings as well. Even when people told David that, that he could not succeed, David experienced the success in capturing the fortress of Zion in verses 7 6 or 7. David became powerful and mighty because the Lord was with him. Verse 10. He also knew that God established him king over Israel and exalted him kingdom for the people of Israel. Verse 12. David wasn't prideful. He asked the Lord if God would deliver him into the hands of the Philistines 
will deliver the hands will deliver the philistines into the hands of david and god said yes in verses 19 to 20 david saw after god would make decisions i want to adopt the same mindset as well david acquired the lord again and, and obeyed god and that was because and because of that, David had the victory over the Philistines, verses 23 to 25. David celebrated the victory in ch- verse 5 of chapter 6. U-Z-Z-A-H took hold of the ark of God, and God did the following. Verse 7, the Lord's anger burned against him because of his I-R-R-E-V-E-R-E-N-T act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died beside the ark of God, end quote. David was angry with God because of his death and was afraid and, and was afraid of thinking that the Ark of the Lord could not come with him. Verses 8 and 9. David took the Ark of the Lord to be with Auburn, Eden, the Gittite, instead of the city of David. And verse 10. Yeah, that was in verse 10. As a result, the Ark of God was in the house of Auburn, Don the Gitai for three months, and God blessed them and his entire household. Verses 11 to 12. I love how David was rejoicing, sacrificing a bull, and dancing with the Lord, dancing before the Lord with all his might. In verses 13, 12, 13 to 14. <laughs> um, let's see. Yes, the ark of the Lord was going to the city of David. Mika's daughter Saul saw David leaping of joy and dancing before the before the Lord. When she saw him, she despised him in her heart. Verse 16. I believe it's really important to see how David that to see how when David had victory, he poured out to God, celebrated with others, and brought the glory to God. It wasn't about David one bit. And also it's crucial to note that Mika despised David in her heart. Our heart sins matter to God, not just our physical sins as well. Mika confronted David in verse 20 because that's how it starts. It starts with emotional sins and it leads to physical sins. And David responded to her kindly. David said to Mika, It was before the Lord but the, before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone in his house when he appointed me ruler over the people of Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. Um, I will be even more undignified in this and i'll be humiliated in my own eyes but these slave girls you speak of i will hold held in my held in honor that's in verses 21 to 22 in chapter 7 david experienced rest from his enemies about time <laughs> after everything he went through was saw and everything after that was in verse 1 but i love david's heart he was willing to do anything and everything god asked him to do he wasn't going to deny what god wanted him to do due to his own comfort and convenience i need to adopt the same heart and mindset nathan the prophet is introduced to the story to the story and david talks to nathan about the ark of god remaining to be and it remained to be a tent, verse 2. Even though Nathan tells David to do whatever he has in his mind, verse 3, God speaks to Nathan about David in verse 4. God tells God tells Nathan, God, no, God tells Nathan to tell David about the house of the Lord. Um, starting in verse 5. Yeah, starting one second. Okay. Um, there are times that God will use godly wise counsel to talk to us about our plans in our lives. I love when God tells Nathan the following to tell David. 
starting in verse 9. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all of your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the great men on earth. Verse 11. And have done for you, have done have done ever since the time I have appointed leaders over my people of Israel. I will give you rest from your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. End quote. God took David's dream about the ark of the Lord and made it bigger than David ever expect or imagine. That is why it's great to make plans and goals and dreams, but to give it to God, he can make it bigger and better for his name. Or he may say, wait or known or hand you another task. Proverbs 16, verse 9. In the hum- in their hearts, human plans they cause, but the Lord establishes their steps. I love when God says this about David as well. Verse 15. But my love will never be taken away from him as, as it taken away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Verse 16. Your house and your kingdom will endure f- forever before your throne will be established forever. And God told David that his offerings will establish his kingdom and build God's name forever. Verses 12 to 13. God told David that he would not be the one to build a house, but his offspring. I would celebrate knowing that it's not me who would do something, who would have done something like that, but is so grateful for being part of that process. Sometimes God's knows for us. Uh, maybe a yes to someone else. Instead of being bitter and resentful about that, celebrate that and know that God's name is going to prevail regardless. That can only happen if God is our main and true delight in life and if his will exceeds everything and everything in life. And that is exactly what God does in verses 18 to 29. I love how David starts with asking God, who is who is he that this is happening to? Verse 18. That needs to be my response as well, instead of leaning on entitlement. In chapter 8, David defeated the Philistines, verse 1, the Moabites, in verse 2, Hadazir, son of Rehob, king of Jorab, verse 3, the Enemites, verse 14, and etc. God gave David victory everywhere he went, verses 6 and 14. David dedicated things to the Lord in verse 11. David did not receive the victories because he was amazing, but because he was obedient to God and God gave God gave his heart. David loved God and that's exactly how I want to live for God. David was considered, quotation, doing what was just and right for all his people, verse 15. David wanted to show kindness for Jonathan's sake to anyone in the house of Saul. Verses 1 and 3 of chapter 9. Ziba, Saul's servant, told David that he knows Jonathan's son who is lame in both feet. Verse 3. David treated Mephishibosach. David, Jonathan's son, with kindness, having him live in Jerusalem and eating at the king's table verse 13 i love how jonathan's son had non-entitlement and had a humble response as well in verse 8 hanan succeeded in king of the amorites after the original king passed away 
verse one. David wanted to show kindness to him like his father did in verse two. The Amorites commanders put doubts on David's intentions um, to H A N U N and he listened to them. Verses three and four. So he sees Dave's invoice, shaved off half of each man's beard, cut off their garments at the buttocks, and sent them away. Verse 4. That snowballed into a fight. The Amorites hired 20,000 Amorine foot soldiers from Beth, Rob, and Zaboth, as well as the king of Mekhaif with a thousand men, and also 12,000 men for Tob in verse 6. I'm just letting you guys know I am butchering these names. So I actually would encourage you guys to actually read the, the, church, the, um, the Bible verses in the Bible. That's why I'm referencing the, the verses here. Anyways, David sent out Job out the entire army of fighting men in verse 7. I love how Job said the same. said the following. Verse 12. Be strong and let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of God. The Lord would do what is good in his sight. End quote. David and his men express experience success in verses 17 through 19. I tend to assume a lot and go to negative thinking at times. It really resolves things and tends to make things significantly worse. That is why I try to be righteous rather than always wanting to be right. Sometimes the most righteous thing to the most righteous thing to, you know, and the most most righteous thing to do when wrong um, is to overlook offenses, create boundaries, and forgive. It is better to argue about being. It is better than arguing about being right and not solving anything, and sending anger with bad thoughts and not honoring to God. Instead of David going to war, he remained in Jerusalem of verse 1 of chapter 11. So I'm going to end it here, um, and I'll do part 2 and other parts in the next podcast. So thank you so much for listening to the Transformation Podcast, and I hope you have a great day. Take care. Bye for now.